0: On the right side of the floor in the midcourt, behind the screen of Walker, shoots the three. Got it! Holy smokes! Bang! A ring! As the Huskers take the lead from 10-11 now, and the 10-11 studios in
1: Lincoln, Nebraska, and the shot at the buzzer on the way—it's no good. And the Huskers!
0: Holy smokes! Bang! A bang! A bang! A ring! Win on the road! over the regular season champion, Wisconsin Badgers.
1: Oh man, I feel like I played 40 minutes out there today. That was an emotional game and fighting through adversity. And you know, a lot of things happened out there. We talked at the halftime about biggest thing was gonna be coming out and controlling our emotions and not reacting. And you know, unfortunately we had some things happen. You know, listen, I'm never gonna be upset with passion. I, I you know, our guys are playing with so much right now, uh, you know, down nine with about five minutes to go and just finding a way. This is the
0: N Report Podcast.
2: Welcome on in to the N Report Podcast. Bill Shammer joined by Kevin Suits. Uh, Kevin, I think in the last eight days, Kev Pavelka might have doubled his bangerang calls on the uh, entire conference season. Eight days. <laughs> 24 hours. Yeah, it's good to hear though. I mean, that, that kind of excitement, I mean, you know, we should, listen. We
0: should put a call from, uh, let's just pick a date, uh, January 24th, Kent Pavelka's tone versus March 6th.
2: Yeah? Oh my goodness, what a change, right? So Nebraska Husker Hoops wins three straights. Uh, they demolish Penn State last weekend. Then they beat a top-25 Ohio State team. Then they beat 10th-ranked Wisconsin on the road. Three straight road victories. Uh, Kevin, Fred Hoiberg tripled the number of road victories he had had in his first two and seven, eight seasons in the last eight days.
0: Do you realize that all three of those games were senior nights for the opposing team? Uh, Yeah.
2: And Wisconsin had a chance to win an outright regular season title.
0: Yeah, there were high stakes in Madison on Sunday. And then let's not gloss over the win at Ohio State. That was Nebraska's first ranked uh, win over a ranked opponent on the road in the last 24, yeah. 25 tries. So uh, getting one of those, I think, from uh, just a quick perception standpoint, for those that follow Nebraska football, a little, or a little Nebraska basketball, excuse me. Uh, it's puzzling, right? How they do that after losing so frequently in January and February to do it twice—it's like that's okay, cool, cool. But I didn't see it coming three times. That's like
2: now of mind-blowing proportions. You know, I, I always thought that Nebraska—they had enough talent to do something like what they did to Penn State, you know, a little more than a week ago. Demolish a team that's kind of in the bottom half of the Big Ten, though. Penn State did have seven Big Ten victories this year, um, but just throttle them. You know, they have enough talent to do that. Could they then take that and do it against a top 25 team? Ten days ago, I would have told you uh, absolutely not. No way. Uh, let's just hope to keep these within 20 points. And then to beat Ohio State, to beat Wisconsin, to beat Brad Davison. for. <laughs> yeah, There's something about playing Wisconsin on Sundays at the end of the season.
0: Well, Everybody knows the epic game at Pinnacle Bank Arena as No Sit Sunday. Do you know what they're calling this past Sunday? Are we able to? S- we can't say it. Well, no, we can. I mean, no, we don't have Sunday. the restrictions that we Because it is so, do. like, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. You know? So they're calling it No No Sunday. bleep Sunday. No, li- no bleep Sunday. I like that. I like that. Like, holy cow. In, in a, full disclosure here, Bill. I still, at this moment, have seen none of the games. I did not watch any of it. You were on the road. I was driving back from Indianapolis after having covered the Nebraska women at the Big Ten tournament. I got a notification on my phone because I have it scheduled, so I get the start times um, and then the score update at the end. Right, yeah. And I knew the game was happening. Um, I was enjoying a nice meal with, with my family, by the way. And as we're sitting at dinner, the notification came across, final score. And... I said out loud, like, never mind the table I'm seeing. They won. Like, just an
2: utter shock. My father-in-law
0: had no idea what I was even talking
2: about. Well, I'll hit the highlights for you, you know, real quick. Yeah. Esse- so es- can, can essentially, like- Nebraska jumped out to a big first-half lead. Wisconsin closed it to a bit. Nebraska was up by two or four at halftime. I can't remember. Uh, they were playing without Bryce McGowan's, who kind of had a f- I knew fluke, that. fluke injury. Uh, Fred Horberg did say he hopes to have him back for a Big Ten tourney play. Um, and then they lost Trey McGowan's what happened? early in the second half flagrant two, ejection. Obviously they say he, he went after a guy's head when he was going up for a layup, you know, Wisconsin's best player. I don't know. You know, I, don't, I, I disagree with the call, so but that's coming chucked. from a Husker fan. I try to take an unbiased look at it, and I still disagree with the call. He gets chucked. Yeah, so you're out your best scorer. You're out your best defender player. You're out the, you know, the McGowans brothers. Now, what happened with Verge? Because I, I mean, he played out of his mind. I mean, I, I feel like, well, he's been playing really well for a couple weeks now. Right. This was his best game in the season, I think, by but far. But he got teed
0: up. What, I, cause I do know, he got teed way, up for
2: looking at a referee the wrong way.
0: Because I know two things about the game. One, Nebraska won. And two, Verge got teed up
2: and the referees were horrendous, right? Nebraska, no, excuse, Wisconsin was in the bonus. So you got to get set, seven fouls against the opposing team to get to the bonus. In the bonus before the U16 media timeout. What? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So they had seven fouls? Nebraska, I believe,
2: I believe Nebraska had Four minutes? N- nine fouls with 15 and a half left to go. <laughs> and then they didn't, and then they didn't commit a foul until the final 30 seconds. Of the this
0: game. is an editorial comment here, but I think that that's <laughs> maybe the most Wisconsin thing I've ever heard.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: a school that tends to get ribbed for home cooking. And uh, we're not going to insinuate that the Big Ten wanted Wisconsin to win the Big Ten, tournament, or the Big Ten championship outright. Says, says the Illinois grad right. over here. And then... Uh, I don't know what kind of thank you that, you know, Illinois is going to provide Nebraska, Nebraska for opening <laughs> the window so that they could storm the court in Champaign. Spain. And that game was phenomenal, by the way. I uh, listened to that, that on the radio on Sunday night. So now you have Illinois and Wisconsin co-champs of the Big Ten. Illinois gets the number, number one seed in the Big Ten tournament, all thanks to Nebraska upsetting um, Wisconsin and that's a scenario that we discussed last week like this could happen this could happen it seemed kind of crazy well it
2: seemed crazy because Nebraska had two top 25 opponents on the road and then Minnesota had to lose in order for Nebraska. well I'm kind of reversing but in order for Nebraska to not be last in the Big Ten like who would have thought a month ago that Nebraska would not be last in Big Ten play they had zero Big Ten victories right you know they beat Minnesota they lose a couple more and then of course Trev Alberts comes out and says, Faith in Fred Hoiberg, we've renegotiated the contract. He gave me a plan. I liked his plan. Fred Hoiberg, you get to stay for another year. Nebraska keeps it close against Iowa, beat Penn State, beat Ohio State, beat Wisconsin. You know, when Trev gave. <sighs> I'm still like.
0: <sighs> right. And there has to be, it, you know, we'd be pretty naive to say that the vote of confidence in Fred. Isn't resulting into the better play on the court. I think that there is a correlation. There has to there. be a
2: correlation.
0: Whether it's the way that Fred is carrying himself, maybe with some less weight uh, in the locker room and around the building, or perhaps there's more buy in from the players knowing that their coach is coming. I, I don't know. But there has to those two things do align. You can't just think that they are exclusive of one another. I, I also think that it's interesting when Trev Alberts decided to retained Fred Hoiberg, and they agreed to the restructured contract. Trev said at the time, I want to see us finish strong. Well, at that point, you look at the schedule, and we chatted about this, like, well, you better get the first two because you're not going to beat Ohio State. You're not going to beat Wisconsin. You thought that the opportunity to, quote-unquote, finish strong, it was in those immediate two games, right. Iowa and Penn State. Maybe get
2: Iowa at home, beat Penn State on the road. It's the opposite. It's, yeah, yeah, I could, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes there are just things in this world where you're like, "What?" It doesn't add I, up. Here, I think I want to play what Fred Hoiberg had to say uh, in his post-game comments uh, with Kent Pavalka. Here that? Here's that.
0: Do you have any
1: idea how proud people are of you and this this team right now? <laughs> well, I, you know, we like I've said all along. I mean, we feel so blessed and fortunate to have uh, you know as good a fan base as there is in the country that continue to support us throughout some very difficult times and you know I, I just you know look back on this and you know one it makes me a little bit sick i'd like to start this thing over with this group and you know the way they're playing right now but you know listen we're finishing off on a positive and that's important for our future and you know we're all zero and zero right now anything can happen so we're just going to keep going out grinding uh and hopefully finding a way to compete and win, win basketball games
2: I think he did a great job of summing up what so many Nebraska fans think. He said, uh, I'm sick right now. I'd because like he'd like
0: to start this all over. That is one of the most, like, he said that out loud. You could, it's one thing to think that, but for him to say that during a live broadcast, I find that, like, wow. I, I think everybody else kind of agrees and they wonder, like, wh- why could this not have been the level of play we saw out of this team? over a month ago but it's not the case what does it mean it means that this team does have talent they have the capability to beat top the some of the top teams in the conference we'll find out at the big 10 tournament all of a sudden anybody that may get nebraska at the big 10 tournament it you probably look at the the matchup a little bit differently now
2: nebraska versus northwestern you know, okay, Nebraska gets the 13 seed. That means they get to take on Northwestern, who they lost to twice this year. Kevin, we talked about it. That might have been, that home game might have been the low point in the season, really the low point of Fred Hoiberg's career here.
0: That was the Alumni Day game, um, a Saturday afternoon at Pinnacle Bank Arena where there was very little buzz surrounding the game. Northwestern came in. They jumped on Nebraska early. It was like a 18-point deficit in the first half, just an ugly, ugly performance. And you know when Fred said, "I'd like to start over with this group," I think that that would be one of the games he would probably circle and say,
2: uh, "Let's let's
0: give it another go against that team." Yeah, because
2: Nebraska almost got down forty uh, at home against Northwestern in the second half. And then even after that, you look if Nebraska advances, like they get Iowa.
0: And you know, in the final week of the re- final two weeks of the regular season. The Huskers played the Hawkeyes pretty close. It was just a scoring spurt by Iowa in the second half that ultimately ended up
2: in an Iowa win here in Lincoln. So if you get through Northwestern, you go, you, you play Iowa. You get through Iowa, you play Rutgers. How far are you going on I this mean, thing? <laughs> well, I mean, Nebraska. You one could argue after taking down two top twenty-five teams on the road that Nebraska right now is the hottest team in the country.
0: I think somebody nationally even posted that. Who like wants right to now, play
2: Nebraska right now in the Big Ten? Right. They, they just beat number 10 Wisconsin without their best player. And with their best defensive player not playing in the second half.
0: They have belief right now. They have and that's confidence. The, that's the scary yes. thing. It's a team that does have talent that is finally believing that they can do pretty good things.
2: And this is a team meant to shoot the basketball. And if you have confidence while you're shooting the basketball, tends to go in the hoop a little more often. You
0: know, and uh, there was one year in the Big Ten where the last-seeded team at the conference tournament, they didn't win the conference championship but made it all the way to the finals. So there there are usually crazy things that happen at the Big Ten tournament. This year, I do think that there are three teams that are a little bit further ahead than everybody else, but that's where if you're not dealing with Illinois, Wisconsin, and Purdue – Anything could happen with any
2: of those other matchups. You know, it's not, it's not impossible to think Nebraska gets, gets a few more wins. You know, obviously Nebraska is not having any sort of postseason play unless they win the Big Ten tournament. Is that going to happen? No, that's not going to happen. But
0: well?
2: Well, <laughs> I shouldn't be so sure in my statements. Uh, but five games in five days... 200 minutes of basketball that would be I mean that would that would be that would be crazier than UMBC over Virginia
0: that's 30 for 30 stuff right there
2: yeah if If Nebraska makes the turn that is have an ESPN documentary film crew on this thing next
0: year like putting it together next (laughs) year exactly Um, but just enjoy it while it happens could I see Nebraska getting beat by 20 on Wednesday yeah yeah
2: just it's about can, used up all your mojo at the yeah, end of the season. can
0: they bottle up this confidence, this energy that they have and get the team to play really well on Wednesday? The game, by the way, on Wednesday, it's the early of the two first round games at the Big Ten tournament, so uh, it'll be on BTN for those that are wondering and excited to watch this team play again I just think that Sunday, from everything I observed and talked to different Nebraska fans about like. Not only has there been pent-up frustration from this year, the fact that it was Wisconsin on their senior day and the stakes like that was a moment. Yeah, those things that you cling on to mm-hmm. and you talk about years down the road. Hey, remember when? And just the emotional response that Trev
2: Alberts talked about building momentum. Can yeah. we build a little momentum into the, into the end of the season? Big Ten Conference has taken notice. Also, I mean, no shocker here. Bryce McGowan's named freshman of the week. I guess it's a little bit of a shocker considering he. Didn't play yesterday, uh, but had a heck of a game against Ohio State. Ohio State, and then there you go, Alonzo Verge, co-player of the week, I believe, with Keegan Murray from Iowa. Uh, but yeah, again, Alonzo Verge. You know, a lot of people criticized Fred Hoiberg and pro- rightfully so at the beginning of the year for, you know, how is how is this player supposed to be a point guard, a distributor of the basketball, when uh, you know he'd never really shown that before. You know, it took. 30 games, 25 games. But Alonzo Verge, I mean, he's fun to watch right now.
0: He's been really good over the past month. I think, I'll, he... And credit
2: to him because he took a lot of heat from the fan base, vocal heat during games at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Took it all in stride, handled his business, never went after the fans. Right.
0: You know, it's almost like when the, the losses started to pile up, fans wanted somebody to
2: blame. Mm-hmm. of course Fred Hoiberg got a lot
0: of the criticism but if there was a player that was the brunt of a lot of the I don't know what was fans yeah. lashing out it was Alonzo Verge I don't know if it's just the style in which he plays the fact that he is the point guard of the team and sometimes the point guard like the quarterback they get the praise they get the blame uh, but Alonzo Verge and this is just one year so it's not like he gets a do-over or a great opportunity to try to get back in good graces with the fan base. It's just the 30-some games that he has here in Lincoln. And I even think before his senior day, uh, in the interview we had with him, he was just really mature and calm. He had the opportunity to maybe say this didn't go the way he wanted it to. or He praised the fans. He talked about how he's thankful for the opportunity, how he has – grown up while in lincoln this one year and this is what really struck me is that he had unsolicited praise for fred hoiberd and if you even think about when nebraska lost to iowa because that was the game immediately following fred's restructured contract the players at the podium following the game were Derek walker and alonzo verge and they were asked about their head coach and about the university's decision to bring him back for a fourth season. Walker started his answer, just saying, Fred's a good coach. We really like him. He knows the game verge jumped in. He cut off his teammate and said, I've got to talk about this. And when he did that, I remember I was listening and my ears perked up instantly like, whoa, he's got something to say. And Alonzo had a a very thoughtful minute and a half answer talking about Fred and how he goes straight to the game film immediately after the game and how he sits down and takes time with these guys, not only to build relationships, but to talk to them about how they can get better and how he wants to see his guys not only succeed at the collegiate level, he wants them all to have opportunities to play beyond college basketball. And so uh, you can tell that Alonzo and Fred have a very unique relationship. There's a closeness there. That has developed in short time, remember, Mm -hmm. of the roster. He didn't come in until June. Outside of Keisei Tominaga, he was the last one to be on the court with this team. But they've hit it off. They have now riding the highs together, but they've also endured the lows together. So I think that that's really unique, and I hope that Alonzo can leave this program truthfully feeling thankful for the time he got I think he's won a lot of fans over too and feeling some love Bill I hope that because that was not the case
2: back in November in early December you know who the Big Ten leader in assists per game is it's Alonzo Verge. 5.3 number one in the Big Ten for a guy who wasn't a point guard distributor of the basketball coming into this season
0: and that's no pushover conference right there either
2: Okay, let's transition into Husker women right now. Tough loss uh, against their favorite opponent, Iowa, on Saturday. You were there. Mm-hmm. Nebraska played extremely well in the first round. Jazz Shelley setting, setting records, uh, which had nine three-pointers, 32 nine points.
0: The team, the team uh, together had 15 threes, which is a new Big Ten tournament record 15 threes on 32 attempts that's a lot of attempts but it's because they were making them and they just kept shooting them and then
2: they take down Michigan their third top 10 win of the year and they had every reason to lose that game against Michigan I tweeted it out they blew a 14 point lead they blew a seven point lead I'm not going to say the refs Tried to toss the game, but it it felt a little more one-sided toward Michigan. They had basically their entire front court with three fouls or more with 75% of the second half still left to go, uh, and then they won. Heck of a game against Michigan. And then seven hours later, you hopped in a car.
0: I did, yeah. We said, all right, they're in the semifinals. Let's go. And part of it was the fact that there was another game against Iowa. Because those Nebraska-Iowa women's basketball games during the regular season were both highly entertaining, epic. And we know that this team, since the last meeting in Iowa City, they wanted another shot at them. And plus there's the Caitlin Clark factor. You know, she has become the face of women's basketball across America. Not just college back. I She is a rising star and, you know, Kevin Durant's talking about her. LeBron James is tweeting about her. And you can turn on SportsCenter, and the odds are her highlights are on. And then they have an interview with her. She is the face of women's basketball. And that's what Nebraska had you in front You can take of into
2: account the W – I mean, and I do not pretend to be a WNBA aficionado here. But I have to believe she is a top ten player in America at all levels.
0: Well, right. she can shoot the ball. And she shoots it from 30 feet away, 35 feet away, and makes them pretty regularly. Now, when she played Nebraska on uh, – Saturday, and this is something I talked to Amy Williams about after the game, it felt like the Huskers did a good job against Caitlin Clark defensively in the first half. I really think that she was missing. Uh, she had one shot that wasn't even close. So it's like they limited Kaitlin. Nebraska was up
2: most of the first half. They were
0: up most of the first half. It was a three-point game at the break. And, you know, being right there, court side, I was thinking, you know, they're doing a really good job on the National Player of the Year frontrunner. But then I looked at the stat sheet. She had 19 points. A lot of those came from the free throw line, and that's w- what Amy told me was that that's the difference there with Caitlin Clark's high point totals. She's going to get her because hers because she's a volume shooter and a really good shooter. But where she can have a total that would normally be like 20 to 25 and run it up to 40, it's because she gets to the foul line. In Nebraska, you know they committed some fouls when she was attacking the rim so she did run up her total um i forget how many free throws she made against nebraska i think it might have been 12 and she finished with 41 in the game
2: played unbelievable nebraska just kind of hit the caitlin clark brick wall as they've done you know three times she i think she went for 35 plus in every game against nebraska this year uh but the one thing we do know about the women is that is that they will be a tournament team <laughs> uh, but It was, right? This was, I think you had like a thousand likes on this tweet over the weekend. Quote, bubble team, LOL. Well,
0: I think that I caught Amy by surprise when I asked her before they left for the Big Ten tournament. I asked, I I told her that there is a Big Ten coach who described your team as a bubble team. What is your response to that? Do you feel like you are in the NCAA tournament regardless how the Big Ten tournament goes? And she paused for a second and I don't know that she had she had any awareness that somebody called her a bubble team. Clearly, inside the Hendricks training complex, they feel like they are in the NCAA tournament. Well,
2: they were 22-7, be- 11-7. T- before 11 and seven the Big Ten, 10 tournament. Yeah. yeah. And you'd be
0: crazy to think that they were even on the bubble, Bill. They had the two top ten wins at the time, 20-plus wins, playing in the Big Ten, which is one of the best conferences in women's basketball. What is there that leads you to think that they are not – in the NCAA tournament, which this year expands to 68 teams for the women. You're telling me that that team is not among the top 68 in the country? That is crazy talk. Ludicrous. So Amy gave a very polite, firm answer saying, we feel like we're securely in and we are going to act like it.
2: You're burying the lead, though. Who's, who's, oh, who's, who's the team that said that? It
0: was Michigan's coach.
2: And where did that, where did that comment
0: come from? I don't know that many people caught it. It was during her interview after being announced as the Big Ten Coach of the Year, the same broadcast that announced that Alexis Markowski was the freshman of the year. So I was watching said show, saw the news about Caitlin Clark being player of the year, Alexis Markowski freshman of the year. Here's the coach. Here's the interview with the coach. I hung in there just to you know see what she had to say about her team and educate myself a little bit about michigan and then the big 10 women's tournament which was coming up in a few days and then for whatever reason she brought up nebraska and used the term bubble team and i even rewound the tv to say did she say that
2: i want to play your one-on-one interview with amy williams this was after the loss against iowa
0: Coach, you go 2-1 and one here at the Big Ten Tournament. A nice run, but what do you tell your team after losing to Iowa in the semifinals?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt they're disappointed, Kevin. We came here to and expecting to win a tournament. And and so obviously anything short of that, they were going to be disappointed. But um, I'm really proud of the efforts. I thought we grew as a team. We learned some things from this tournament experience that we are going to try to take with us heading into the NCAA tournament.
0: Seems like you did a really good job on Caitlin Clark in the first half. But then you look up and you see she has 19 points. Man, how tough is it just trying to limit her and uh, her production?
3: Yeah, I, you know, I was not disappointed with the 4-for-15 at halftime. It was the 8-for-8 eight eight from the free-throw line, and I think that's the big thing that, um, that you know, you've got to be able to make her take tough, contested shots but don't give her opportunities from the free-throw line. She got there 12 times today. That's far too many, and, and so that's something that, um, you know, we knew we were going to have to take care of, and we didn't, and, and part of the reason, she got to 40.
0: Made 23 three-pointers over the first two games today. Just three. Is there any reason in which you think the the shots weren't falling at the rate they did in the previous rounds?
3: You know, I think there's just a combination of you know third game and third day and three days, but also just um, you know I thought in the first two ball games we did a great job of hunting the paint and working for inside-outside touches. And today I thought maybe we were kind of just uh, trying to go off one pass and and shoot it up and and um, not quite as quality uh, looks where our feet were square and ready to go but uh, one way or the other um, you know iowa mixing their defense going to a little bit of zone right there we need to be better at being able to attack both inside and out against that zone
0: you get a week off and then the ncaa selection show you guys are going to be receiving an at-large berth what can you take from this experience that maybe gives you some momentum or maybe something you learned that you can carry into the further portion of the postseason?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we had some good quality wins here at this tournament. And when you knock off another top 10 team in the country um, this time of year, I think it just builds confidence that um, whoever we match up against in the NCAA tournament is going to provide us an opportunity to uh, build on the experiences of being able to have three top 10 wins this season and knowing that we are capable of competing with the best in the country.
2: There you have it. You went to Indianapolis. Did you spend more time in a car or in Indianapolis? The car? Yeah. I mean,
0: that's an easy answer. It was a it, quick that's a nine-and-a-half-hour drive. Um, there and back. So.
2: That's a head coach that does not seem t- too discouraged by the loss. Nah.
0: She'd, we'd get a different tone if they lost to Michigan. I think the Michigan win really makes that trip, I don't really want to say worthwhile. Yes, they wanted to win a Big Ten championship. Could they have? Yes. You know, I was clearly—you know—they're the Big Ten champs. They beat Indiana in the finals. They're—they're they're the best team in the Big Ten. Um, interestingly, though, Maryland lost in their uh, quarterfinal game, which I found—or ex- yeah, quarterfinal game—I yeah. found that a little bit surprising. I thought that was when it a comes
2: to it. The tournaments, players shine. Yeah, I think I think elite players shine, and Caitlin Clark is as elite as it gets. Uh, we got—we got the bracketology pulled up here. Um, this is from. ESPN, I want to make sure I don't have any other audio playing or anything over here. Okay, Um, so if you can make it out, right now, and there's not a whole lot of bracketology when it comes to NCAA women's basketball. There's just
0: basically this one put together by Charlie Cream.
2: But this is, uh, I mean, this is exactly where I'd expect. I mean, I don't know the region, but right now they're in the Austin region at a 16, which I think is probably about right.
0: I think right now Nebraska is... Uh, Let's say in your top 25 team. Five five would be a reach. Six, seven. I think they're probably in five, six, seven range. I think they played out of the eight, nine area by going two and one at the Big Ten tournament. So when I look at these bracketology things, Bill, you you need to kind of take them with a little bit of a grain of salt, but also know that this is somebody that studies women's basketball fairly closely. Not only do I see where Nebraska is at and what seed line they're on, I like to also look at what are the other six seeds you know where are they placed geographically so if you look at it right now one six seed, nebraska is headed to austin another one is going to ann arbor that's probably out because nebraska would not go to another big 10 uh team's home venue elsewhere you could potentially go to knoxville Iowa iowa city so you know if iowa is a three seed you know that's probably out as well but that's where Maybe the committee would say, listen, we're going to keep Iowa as a three, but instead of sending Nebraska to Iowa City, we'll just slide them from a six to a seven, and then maybe that sets up a different destination. So, if you're looking for uh, possibilities for drivable destinations for Nebraska in the opening round, it is possible. Norman, Oklahoma, Austin, Texas, Waco, Texas, Ames, Iowa. Not to say we've been monitoring this over the past few weeks, but we maybe have been monitoring
2: this for the past few weeks. And then uh, the other thing is, and we've talked about this before, is, is being a six seed or a five seed is really ideal in the tournament because you avoid elite-level teams. You avoid the one and two seeds. You know, If a six seed wins, they play the 3-14 winner. If a five seed wins, they play the 4-13 winner. You're avoiding the top two seeds in the regional bracket.
0: Yeah, and if you look at, okay, Michigan is a three seed, and they're going to host in the opening rounds. Nebraska has beaten Michigan twice, and they know they can beat Michigan. Nebraska also beat Indiana. What is Indiana seeded in here? I believe they're a three or a four. So that, that speaks to your point, Bill, that there's a difference between three and four and one and two. So you want to try to stay out of the 8-9 seed range, and that's where I truly believe the Big Ten tournament is going to be hugely helpful for Nebraska on Selection Sunday. They probably have raised the Yeah, out they get the bounced eight,
2: in the second round there, then, yeah, they're probably an 8-9.
0: Yep, and if you win the 8-9 game, then you're probably getting South Carolina, Stanford, you know, one of the elite teams uh, in, in college uh, basketball right now. NC State's at one seed, Louisville's the other. You don't want to play Louisville, I'll tell you that.
2: Don't want to play NC State. Don't want to play South Carolina. Don't want to play Stanford.
0: I could see Nebraska also going to Knoxville uh, for Tennessee's opening rounds, too. I, I think that that's, you know, Ohio State currently is the sixth in this bracketology. I mean, flip a coin, whether it's yeah. Ohio State or And This Nebraska.
2: could look totally different on Sunday, but uh, there will be a watch party in Lincoln because Selection Sunday is going to be big for the women's team.
0: Sunday. Women's bracket typically have come out on Monday. But this year, they're going to do it after Selection Sunday for the men. So the men's selection show is going to happen on uh, CBS immediately following the Big Ten Basketball Championship. You can watch it right here on 10-11. So the men's selection show happens. They'll do their interviews, their coverage. And then at 7 o'clock, then the women's bracket is going to get
2: revealed. Baseball had a nice weekend. Rebounded, took three of four down in, uh, get this, Arlington, Texas.
0: Shay Shannon with a really nice outing there for the Huskers.
2: I don't think a starting pitcher gave up a run. I might be mistaken. Is that true? Uh, Yeah. I mean, Nebraska went the first three games and only gave up, you know, it's the first 27 innings. And the only time they gave up runs was four innings in the bottom of the ninth of the second game. Wow. So they played well this weekend. Again,
0: you're dropping knowledge on me here. You know, I've been pretty isolated into women's basketball. Yeah, you've been, you've been women's uh, isolated
2: women's basketball, and rightfully so. They, de- they deserved coverage, and they deserved you going out to Indianapolis. Um, it'll be fun to see where they go uh, this weekend. Uh, and, of course, I'd be risked if we didn't talk football. Not a whole lot gleaned from Eric Shenander this morning. The biggest thing I took away is that they're going to do two full scrimmages before the spring game.
0: Yeah, uh, they're four ga- four practices into spring. They're in pads. You get 15 total, the 15th being the red-white scrimmage, so lock that off. They're four of 14 done. So Two
2: more this week. If and you then do it's the math, break. they're
0: cooking through uh, spring practice right now. This is a big week because they will take the break, and then when they come back for break, you, you get the sense that the coaching staff might – do some adjusting with the personnel and with the approach uh, in terms of what they want to see, especially when these scrimmages roll up. The other thing that I took away from uh, Monday's interviews following Nebraska football practice during the spring season was um, more praise for Casey Thompson. You know, Mark Whipple said on uh, day one that he's their best and it doesn't seem like that has changed, and now he's really starting to impress his teammates.
2: Marcus Buford said today that he's just a pro. He's the, he's the first-guy-in-last-guy-out type of player, and uh, I don't think that really comes as a surprise to a lot of Husker fans.
0: Yeah, I, That's what's going to make the red white scrimmage pretty fun, getting to watch not only Casey Thompson. Not going to see a whole lot. But, but you're going to see Casey Thompson in a Nebraska uniform.
2: And we did get the full practice schedule, and you know we've talked about this before. I, I don't think we're going to see a practice. I think nope. the first time our cameras are going to be allowed in is, is on the spring game. Yep. April 9th. It's going to be closed. They're going to do their thing.
0: We'll get to do some post-practice interviews. Get Frost on Wednesday. And Mark Whipple. So uh, quarterback talk, probably really going to crank up on Wednesday and get a better sense of uh, how those guys are progressing. Chubba Purdy, of course, the other uh, hot name at spring football practice so far for the Huskers.
2: Before I want to, before I let you go, I do want to let everybody know the N Report podcast is is obviously an audio platform. We know a lot of you are listening to us on on. Apple or Google or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. You can also watch us, watch our faces, just like you do on, on TV. We stream all of these. You can find it on your Fire Stick, Roku, Apple TV. Uh, just download the 1011 Now app, look for the end report tab, and you'll find all of our podcasts. We do put a lot of uh, kind of visual elements into these podcasts, and we hope you'll, you'll tune into us uh, on one of those platforms, the 1011 Now app available on Firestick, Roku, and Apple TV. That will do it for me. for Kevin Suits. I'm Bill Shammer. We will see you next week. This has been the N Report podcast.
0: You've been listening to the N Report Podcast from 10:11 now. Subscribe and leave a ratings on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcast. For more Husker coverage throughout the week, watch 1011 Now Sports and download the 1011 Now app.